Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Zero to 100. I'm Zach DeSalvo, and I'm joined by the guys, uh, Eric Padilla and Alex Crescenti. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good, man. Just uh, kind of dreading tomorrow, going back to work. Oh, finally back in the office, huh? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's surprising, actually. I think I've still got at least another month or so, but we'll see. <laughs> Crescenti, how are you doing? I live in the state of Florida, so I think that speaks for itself <laughs> at this point. Uh, with all the the crazy shit that you've seen come out of this state in the past week or so, it's uh, it's a little unreal. Yeah, well, here in Seattle, we've we uh, we actually got some weird but cool news the other day. We found out that the former Key Arena is that Amazon got the naming rights, and it's going to be called the Climate or the Climate Pledge Arena. So, big news out of the city of Seattle for us. <laughs> it's a better name than just calling it Amazon Arena. Yeah, it, it's definitely, we'll see how they take it because maybe other companies will start doing this now where they, instead of just naming it after themselves, they they give it some weird But you don't again. think that they could have came up with something better than Climate Pledge? It doesn't really roll off the tongue very well, that's for sure. It's We've unique. got some pretty weird ones. I mean, like T-Mobile Park, I'm not a big fan of. I was really hoping that was going to be Starbucks and they were going to call it the Starbucks Grounds. Would have been really cool for a field. Listen, <laughs> we went... We went to the Smoothie King Center back in October, <laughs> so, you know, Climate yeah, Pledge Arena is not too bad. For those that don't yeah. know, New Orleans is home to the Smoothie King Arena. That's where that's Zion's house now. The house Zion built. <laughs> All right, well, we've got a great show for you guys today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what's been happening in sports this last week, and then with baseball coming back, we're going to give you guys some of our ideas of what we think could could make the sport more fun we're also going to be revealing um the winner of our fast food bracket thanks to you guys that voted for it and then lastly we've got a really fun segment that we're going to be doing um with it being 2020 and you know an election year uh, we've decided that what we're going to do is draft our own presidential cabinets but instead of uh using politicians we're going to draft athletes in those positions and we'll kind of be doing that as like a fantasy football style draft so we'll get to that at the end so stick around for the whole thing it's going to be a good one today boys all right so let's get right into it over last week it felt like the biggest story in sports was probably everything that was happening with nascar so um you know for those that don't know nascar ended up banning the confederate flag um, at their races and then a couple days later uh bubba wallace is is one of their uh drivers who who's black and he um they ended up finding on the pole rope on the side of his garage was a knot that was tied in a noose what like what was your guys' initial reaction to this this was a whirlwind of a story because nascar originally came out saying they're investigating this incident about a noose in bubba wallace's garage and then it was revealed that the fbi came in, did an investigation, and found out that it wasn't, a, it wasn't directed at him or wasn't exactly a hate crime they found. And then there was the victory celebration, the lap that many people took, saying, ah, look at this. This is just another Jesse Smollett situation. And then we look at the actual picture, and you're like, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a noose, and that's the only one out of all the garages, that's the only one that's shaped like yeah. that? Yeah. NASCAR okay. said they have 29 racetracks, and at those tracks, there are 1,684 garage pull-downs. 11 of those, uh, so most of them are just a rope with no knot. 11 of them have a knot tied at the bottom of them, and one of them was a noose. So it's, it's appearing that it's just the most totally kind of can't believe that happened moment that maybe was a coincidence yeah it was just so bizarre that they kind of came out and was just like oh it was not a hate crime or anything like that but yeah once i saw that picture i'm just like i was just like dude these these fbi agents gotta be idiots because that yeah. was if that was the only one that would look like that that's crazy because i've seen a lot of garage pull downs and like you said they're basically just a rope or they're just a rope with a little knot on it not no one goes into detail and built and just puts together a noose 
the weird thing was cool they down. said they said that was there for over a year or something like that. <laughs> yeah, since I like I think so this is in September nineteen or something like that. Yeah, it, and let's just say for a moment here that it wasn't a noose, and this is maybe a little blown out of proportion. Given everything that's happened over the last two weeks, especially in the sport with Bubba Wallace. They got rid of the Confederate flag. They're basically outing their racist fans in that sport that we know that that's a home to racist people. And they let you know over the past week, uh, especially flying a, a banner over the track saying defund NASCAR. Yeah. After they banned the Confederate flag, someone yeah. flew a plane over the track that said it, it said defund NASCAR and it had a Confederate flag on there. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it's just, it baffles me because obviously Bubba Wallace is going to be a target. He's got a target on his back now and in that sport, especially. So it's okay if he's a little on edge and his team is on edge about seeing every little thing. But I mean, after seeing that picture, I'm like, yep, that's a, that's a straight up noose. Like he said. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's <laughs> that not probably shouldn't even be used ever in today's day and age. I don't know why that knot what? is even still around what's like think, what's the point of that i think it's pretty clear why they why their team reacted the way that they did because like you said i mean this is a sport that's trying to really kind of separate themselves from some of the racist fans that they have i mean nascar literally had a driver who when they announced that they were banning the confederate flag this guy was so upset about it that he quit the sport he, he had like never won a race before i think he was like oh for 24 or something like that Oh, but, yeah, he had uh, no accomplishments whatsoever in that sport. Ray Cicerelli. Ray Cicerelli, Ray. whose name ironically sounds like the word racist, but... <laughs> Ray Cicerelli. Yeah, he's probably the one that flew that banner over the, over the track. Wouldn't be shocked. And the thing was, Bubba Wallace never <clears throat> even saw the news. So everyone that was immediately running mm -hmm. to the Jesse Smollett comparison, it, I mean, it, this was totally different in the sense that the... It's not like Bubba Wallace was the one who reported this. Like it was NASCAR. Yeah. yeah, it was it was their own doing, and they they thought it looked so bad and so suspicious that it needed to involve the FBI. It's a story that's not surprising in the slightest, given everything that's happened in that sport over the past two weeks, and it's going to be interesting once fans do come back, because you know they are going to do their damnedest to try to sneak in that flag to try to sneak in different banners and it, it's going to, it's a, a culture change takes a long, long time to make. Oh, and yeah. so these first couple of years when fans are back, it could get ugly and you might see some pretty ugly scenes. Do fans like, usually have like seats out on the track, like in the middle. They got like, the or they just on everything. the outside. So like NASCAR has got the regular stands, you know, that can fit like a hundred thousand people. Right. And then they also yeah. got in the middle of the track, where everyone brings their campers and things like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a good point. Like that, like you said, these are, these are things that take a long time to fix and it's going to be, you know, we saw how charged up those fans were. I mean, they, this, when the day they announced that they're banning the Confederate flag, I think it was at um, Talladega. They had like a white lives matter flag that was also flown over the track. And then, I mean, you have these kind of massive, crowds of people essentially protesting outside of nascar wanting to be able to continue to use the confederate flag yeah and if the nfl is paying attention they they really should be because a lot of your fans are similar in many senses uh to these nascar fans and so you need to know how to handle them appropriately if nascar is going out they only have one black driver in the entire damn sport right now and they are moving heaven and earth to change that culture. And so it's unbelievable. But the NFL, um, which has predominantly black players, just doesn't seem to want to do enough. Like we're in a weird place where NASCAR is taking more steps to change the culture than the NFL. It's frustrating too that the, um, like the noose itself becomes the story. And it's like, mm -hmm. everyone makes such a big deal out of why is the noose there? Like, what about it? You know, who put it there? The FBI is involved. We're trying to get to the bottom of this, but everyone is, it's kind of like the Kaepernick thing where everyone is completely missing the entire purpose of everything. I mean, the, the whole point is that, you know, NASCAR and the story should be that NASCAR is acknowledging that they have people in their fan base that are racist and they're trying to separate from that 
and you know, the entire thing is to push for equality for everyone. And we just get so caught up in, you know, the moment and what the specific thing was that we missed the opportunity to really talk about what's important. And that's, um, you know, that there are racist people out there and that, you know, these sports leagues have an obligation to, to do something about it and to make statements that, that, you know, condemn that. Yeah, no, it's, it's sort of symbolic in all places. You know, they did this in Alabama, right? Yeah. That's where all this was centered around. It's going to be really interesting to see how this sport evolves over the next coming months. I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't remember where a time where I was ever talking NASCAR this much. Yeah. I don't oh think yeah. Ever. Never. And so it, that is very interesting. Now that is also given that we don't have any other sports to talk about, but <laughs> It, yeah, it's like, it's weird because now it's like you have a vested interest in, okay, what's, what happened? They're at a different track in two weeks. You know, what's going to happen there? Could we possibly see another incident like this? Or are they going to be making sure that precautions are taken? You know, what, what's the sport doing? Yeah, I'm just like really curious though. Because um, I know a lot of the, a lot of the racers were like pushing Bubba Wallace's car like to kind of like unite with him and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like really curious to see if there were any other racers that were kind of like thinking the exact same thing, like thinking he's a, like a, a Jesse Smollett type of deal. And that you also got to think, it's just like, well, well when he's racing, like are there going to be any racers that are going to retaliate by purposely just clipping his car and making him crash into the wall or something? Like those are other things that you got to think about too. Cause that sport is also very dangerous. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and just basically dealing with, like you said, those, the fans who seem, most of them seem to be pretty racist and who knows, um, we had that one, you had that one racer who just completely quit because of this whole change. And I'm sure he's not the only one. So, I mean, I'm curious well, and I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful that nothing happens to, to Wallace while he's, he's driving. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. You'd, you'd hate to see any kind of retaliation and, you know, I wouldn't shock me at all if, you know, there's other racers who uh, hold any kind of uh, animosity against him. But then also with Racist Sorelli, he was just a truck driver. He was in that, like that third tier, you know. Yeah. Uh, so he wasn't even in the, oh, he, uh, he was in one of the lower levels of NASCAR. So uh, he's just be like, all right, I'm quitting now. It's like, well, good luck with the rest of your career, or whatever <laughs> ventures you have. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like most of the at least that day that you know all the drivers kind of walked with him in that moment it seemed like a lot of it was almost like everyone within NASCAR was very supportive of Bubba but it was really the like you know the media and people on Twitter that were just like outraged that the Confederate flag was getting banned or yeah, you know, I, like, I don't think there was really anyone within NASCAR that was upset about it, at least that we know of so far. But um, it's really just the fans that seem to have this huge negative reaction. Yeah, and we can dive into the deeper meaning of like the Confederate flag, even though it was around for like four and a half years. Um, but also, we, we do see that moment of unity with those racers getting behind Bubba. But like I said, and this goes back to sort of the NFL theme, of, I want to hear from the owners. I want to hear from these race owners who just a few years ago were threatening their drivers by kicking them off the teams if they knelt for the national anthem. So I want to hear how your policies and your views have changed over the last three years, given everything that's happened in the world here. It's great that you can come out with a blanket statement uh, in your PR department, but I want to hear from your mouth and what you're doing to become a better person and to open your worldview. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, um, I'm not, I can't remember who the guy was, but the, the person that like owns the number 43 car that Bubba drives, he's like some 85 year old guy. Yeah. He, what was his name again? Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Yeah. So he, he showed up and he was supportive of Bubba as well. So it was, I think you are, starting to see some of that within nascar where the the higher ups are even starting to show support too but yeah long way to go i mean it feels like like you said same thing as the nfl they just you need to hear from the ownership it doesn't you know everyone knows how the players feel it's it's how do the people that control things yeah and that's probably just it's all going to come down to the money coming in 
too. Because especially like in the NFL, most owners didn't want to speak up because they were basically afraid of losing fa- the fan base for with Kaepernick and all that kind of stuff. And this is this probably isn't any different. And um, I could see it as well as people are already getting pissed off about what's going on in NASCAR as it is the, with the fans. And so, like you said, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's some brave owners out there that want to speak up on basically on NASCAR and just basically what it means and just everything that's been going on. But I could honestly see some of them obviously not speaking up mainly because of not wanting to lose fans and lose that profit and lose that money coming in. Yeah. And we'll see what happens too. Cause I'm, I mean, it, it seems like the story isn't quite done. I mean, it sounds like NASCAR is still doing their own investigation and whether the F and you know, the FBI, I think to, one other thing to bring up to be clear the FBI said that there wasn't a hate crime against Bubba Wallace, but they didn't, they basically just said it wasn't targeted at him. They're like nowhere in their statements did they say that it wasn't a noose or, yeah. you know, this was all blown out of proportion. Like they just said it wasn't something specifically to him because it had been sitting there already. So I don't really know how that makes it better. Like it, you've still had a noose hanging in one of your garages for a year. Like that is almost worse. <laughs> All right, everyone. So still coming up on the show, we're going to be revealing who the winner of the fast food bracket was. But before we do that, we want to get back to uh, more sports that are coming back. Uh, guys, the MLB is back. What do we think about this? Are we, are we excited for the MLB to return? What do we think about the season? I mean, it should have been back already, basically. We should have been getting ready for the 4th of July weekend with baseball returning. But now we got to wait another month. And so it feels a little deflated. I mean, it's exciting to see the sports return. But at the same time, it's like, gosh, like it's only going to be a 60-game season. I don't know how to feel about that exactly. So a couple things. So July 1st is the start of spring training. And then July 23rd is the start of the season. And like you said, 60-game season um, that ends on September 27th. And then you have basically October is going to be your standard normal playoffs. So totally shortened season, but then playoffs are completely normal. I'm really surprised that they were able to like agree on that. Cause I know a lot of the players were against the whole 60 game season, just mainly because I mean, they play what 180 something games in a normal season. Yeah. I think 182, 160. One sixty-two, but still, yeah, that's a hundred, like almost a hundred less games or whatever. And that you could honestly, there might be a random team that just happens to get lucky in these sixty games and makes it pretty far. So I don't know. I mean, it's exciting, like Christian said, to see that sports are coming back. But I mean, I probably would have preferred a different sport over <laughs> baseball. Not a big fan, but um, it's kind of good to see things kind of get back. Um, not so much to normal, but just kind of see like the everyday feel with sports. But I'm like really curious on how their games are going to go because I know they they do like what a four four game three game series. Yeah, with their so 162 they, games, but but with 60, like I have no idea how that's going to work. So they're doing um, like that. They're basically they're kind of doing it regionally. So they're they're really limiting the travel. So basically, like the NL East and the AL East are only going to play each other, but it's crazy. They're putting a huge importance on the division. So each team is going to play against their division opponents 10 times each out of those 60 games. So that's 40 right there. So, you know, the Mariners will play the Astros, the Texans, the angels and the A's 10 times each. And then they'll also play, what would it be like the the Dodgers and um, the Rockies and that division as well. And those are the 60 games. So basically like you, I mean, you have to, your divisional games are extremely important because if you lose, if you go on like a four game skid, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see the final standings because it's only 60 games. It's basically a sprint when we're used to a marathon with baseball. And so we could be looking at a lot of random playoff teams as long as there's no, well, you say that as long as there's no injuries, but 
given the circumstances, I think we could see a lot of injuries build up and you could really see a lot of tiebreakers because sometimes yeah, yeah. you need that tiebreaker game to get to that wild card game. So you could see a lot of teams really close to each other. Um, and you could see some teams right around 500 making the playoffs this year. It, it's just a weird, interesting dynamic. Uh, it, it doesn't feel natural. Like I've always been a proponent for baseball to lessen the games, not to 60, maybe like a hundred, 110, 120 the viewership is going to be the most interesting thing to watch because fans can't watch. But now if you're a Mariners fan, you're like, my team is not good, but 60 games is 60 games. And you never know. So, so let's do this. I, I want to talk a little bit about what, um, what are ideas that we have that could make this uh, baseball season more exciting? Because I think that this one, this baseball season feels like it is for sure going to, you're going to have a lot more people coming out and saying this one has an asterisk on it just because the season is so short um, and it's your, like the teams that you're playing are so limited. So uh, to me, this seems like an opportunity almost where baseball could just kind of go completely out of normal and, you know, change some rules, make things more exciting to get people interested. Like I know one of the things they're doing is if the game goes to extra innings, you're starting with a runner on second base, which has a lot of, baseball traditionalists really upset but like I love that I mean it, it, you it makes your um it makes your extra innings automatically more exciting what are other what other things do you guys think that they could kind of do to boost the season ratings and get people more drawn in um I would probably say uh start off with steroids let's bring, <laughs> the, let's bring those back yeah kind of make baseball fun again back um, the wild wild west <clears throat> yeah uh that like what you said with what they're doing with extra innings where they got a, a runner on second. I mean, I wouldn't specifically say for this season. I just to see something fun would be like instead of going into extra innings, why not just go down your batting order and see who can hit the most home runs and then basically base it off that. So they've talked about that, yeah, like doing basically a home run derby for the as like the walk off win. Yeah, just because I mean, for to a baseball fan, I know extra innings is like, is super intense. It's super crazy. Um, but I just kind of feel, I mean, the, the sport's already so long. Just one game is almost three hours. And if you go into extra innings, you have no idea how much longer it's going to be. So I don't know. I would feel like that having that runner on second makes it a little bit better because who knows, it could probably cut down the amount of innings that they go to, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of just that, that game just dragging on so long. But yeah, you brought up batting order. Um, one of the things I really would love to see is if in like the last two innings, they kind of let the batting order go out the door. Um, and like I, in baseball, I think you want to see the really good players up to bat more often. So I don't know if it would be, you know, you allow your manager to pick, you know, twice a game where he can just say, okay, batting order is out the door. I'm throwing in Mike Trout. But like, to me, that would be awesome because then you get the way better batters up to, up to the plate more often and you have a higher chance of excitement versus like, you know, if it's the bottom of the eighth and you're at a really important time in the game, like who wants to see the pitcher have to go up there and strike out just to, cause it's the order of the batting. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. It it's really it sounded really similar to like um, a penalty shootout for soccer, to where you kind of pick your five. Like you could even do something to where like you pick your five hitters, and then you just basically go off that. But yeah, I do like that throwing the batting order out and just kind of, hey, let's get the best one out there. Let's see if he can win us this game instead of, yeah, like you said, having a pitcher go in. But who knows? Some pitchers hit bombs. Yeah, because in the NBA, I mean, and you know the NFL too, like. In the NBA, you know that your star player is going to take the last shot for the most part. They're either going to be taking the shot or, you know, facilitating some sort of play that gets open. So, I mean, I like that, that you see, um, you know, those moments. And like the NFL, you know your starting quarterback is going to be doing the two-minute drill if you need to get a touchdown drive to win. You're not having the third-string guy go out there because the starting quarterback already just did a touchdown drive. Chris, what do you think? Any ideas you have? Yeah, the biggest thing is 
making sure that these games don't go 17, 18 innings because that's where you lose me. That's where you lose a lot of casual fans here. And we all know in this group, some really diehard Mariners fans. And they would lean towards that traditional baseball mentality of like, oh, we got to play the game. It's always been played. And, you know, but maybe they'll probably call me an idiot for this. But if it's tied at the end of the ninth, do a home run derby here to determine what it is. Because we're not going to get an all-star game this year. So let's just have some fun with this. You're going to give an asterisk to whoever wins the title. So like this all feels kind of like a joke in some senses. So let's, let's go as ridiculous as possible here. I, I think they're getting rid of the DH in the NL in the NL this year, or no, they are implementing the DH. They're, they're adding it. Yeah. Which is great because I'm sorry, baseball fans, but pitchers can't hit. I've, I've, I've talked to this with some baseball fans. Pitchers can't hit. If you're hitting 175, that's not good. I, what part of that is not good or fun? Oh, the pitcher's up to bat. Oh, he struck out again or he grounded out to second. What are we doing here? We're having pitchers bat still. Like, that's fun for you? Maybe for the old man watching game 142 of the <laughs> Colorado Rockies or the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like I said, I don't know what to make it, what to do to make it actually fun to watch. Oh, I, I know played, what to do. Like, you're not going to watch the games because they're going to be played in the daytime for, I think, a lot of them uh, to fit in this, this schedule and these TV contracts and whatnot. To me, I, I don't know how to make it more fun because am I going to be watching the games when there's NBA playoffs and college football on simultaneously? Eh, not really. Chrisenny, here's what you do to make it more fun. And this, I think, would draw a lot of people in because it would be so out there that you'd have to see what happens. I want the outfields to look more like a golf course than just an empty field. And what I mean by that is various water traps scattered throughout uh, through the outfield. I mean, imagine if instead of your outfielder just being able to get under and stand below a pop fly and catch it, which they're going to do, 99.9% of the time, what if they have to dive and make a leaping catch into a water trap to catch that ball and get the out? How much awesomer would that be? It would create some great highlights for sports center, some web gems there for sure. But <laughs> yeah, let's I mean, add a sense of danger to the sport here. Let's exactly. And you know, maybe <laughs> uh, in, instead of like, you know, the, the walls, at the back end of the field, maybe behind those walls, you lower them. And then you just put pools back there so they can do these diving catches into water traps to, to, to save the home run from happening if it's close enough. What if we put a bear in the outfield and the players are constantly having to run from it? And, you know, it's the batter's job to maybe, hey, put it where the bear is. That put way, it where the bear is, yeah. That way they don't go get the ball and you can get an inside the park home run. Perhaps some some gators in the water traps to kind of uh, to add a little fear factor in there. Is it worth the out to try and leap past the gator, or is it? How big uh, is the gator? You know, maybe small enough to the point where we're not going to really harm players. But what you do is you'd have some. It's like a four foot gator. Yeah, yeah. You'd have some of those animal people on deck ready to come in and pull them off too, if need be. But yeah, no, yeah, that that could be a good idea. Um, Hmm. Okay. Okay. So it's almost like maybe remember that fake video and it was fake of Kobe jumping over the, the pit <laughs> over of snakes. The car. No, oh, the, the pit, pit of, of snakes. snakes. Yeah. Do something like that where it's like, Oh wow, I gotta, I gotta get this fly ball here, but there's this pit of snakes. Well, they better be wearing hyper dunks because Kobe was able to jump it with those on. And the Aston Martin. Yeah. And he jumped over that car. So the playoffs are still going to be just as exciting because there's something weird where once baseball switches over to the playoffs, it gets immediately intense. I love the wild card game. It's one of the best things that has come in all of sports in the last decade or so. They've really done a good job of creating some drama in the playoffs, right? And that immediacy. And also that first round of the playoffs is best three out of five. So there's desperation right away if you lose the first game so the playoffs are set that it's fine it's just gonna be interesting 60 games are people gonna care at this point because there's also there's been sports on 
for about a month now, but have people been watching? Like, did you guys know the Belmont Stakes happened? I think it was last week. I didn't know. I don't know who won. That's one of the Triple Crown. That's a fancy day where people get together and day drink and bet and all that good stuff. Didn't even know what happened. I think baseball needs to, they absolutely need to kind of be in that 9 a.m. Eastern time slot. Um, You know, we saw the NBA schedule dropped and it looks like a lot of their, you know, those kind of eight tune-up games or whatever are going to be starting at like noon Eastern some days. Um, So I would love it if baseball... That's like the NCAA tournament. That, right. That's awesome. I mean, I mean like can you, you wake imagine up in sports? Exactly. And I, I mean, think about when we get into like September, October, when the NFL is also happening too. I mean, you could essentially have all day long during the week, baseball and basketball going on. And then Saturday and Sunday, you get college football and NFL, assuming that those, you know, schedules are going as planned as well. Um, I mean, it literally could be a fall madness of sports that we get for months on end as opposed to just, you know, the three weeks of March madness. Yeah, it, it could be, yeah, an absolutely like golden era of sports, even though we can't go to the games physically, you're just going to be sitting there binging on your TV because we're going to be in lockdown even further because idiots in Texas and Florida can't wear a damn mask. And so, <laughs> yeah, hopefully if this all goes to plan and this is pulled off, it, it could be marvelous to be just constantly flipping through the channels back and forth between Yankees, Red Sox, um, Clippers, Lakers, and whatever football game's on. It could be amazing. Yeah, I mean, good luck to employers out there who are going to mm. have people trying to focus on their jobs because, I mean, this is going to be insane. Like, we all know how when March Madness or like when the World Cup is happening, how less focused people are in the office and how everyone huddles around the office TV, or maybe you take that, you know, two hour lunch to watch a world cup game. I I think you're going to get a lot of that when these things are back on and they have games on in the middle of the day when we're normally used to nothing happening. All right. Welcome back everyone. Today we got a special new segment that we're going to be debuting here. It is essentially a draft of a presidential cabinet and We're not specifying a United States cabinet or a Great Britain cabinet. We're doing a sports cabinet with using the different positions here. And we got eight different spots here. And what the rules are, you can pick a president, a vice president, a secretary of state, secretary of defense, attorney general, director of national intelligence, secretary of education, and secretary of transportation. And so between the three of us, we will be selecting active athletes to fill those different positions now the rule is you can pick anyone you don't have to pick president first you can pick any different position on the board first and we're going a snake draft so it will be Padilla Zach and then myself and then we'll be working our way through this draft guys any questions no I'm good yeah I think we're ready to roll It's going to be a fun one. All right. And then, so we've been contemplating a big board here also as well. So say someone were to pick, I don't know. I don't think this guy's going to go off uh, at all, but someone were to pick LeBron James, no one else can pick LeBron James on their cabinet. So it has to be completely unique in that sense. Yeah. And we'll kind of keep track of all the people that we pick and then we'll, we'll share our, our big board with our teams at the end. uh, And then later in the week. All right, so Padilla. Obviously, with my first pick, I'm going to go president. This one may be pretty obvious to you too, but um, I'm probably going to go with the greatest quarterback of all time. Hmm. Led his team to nine Super Bowls, and six of those were victories. And I think he's just the best player and leader of all time. So I'm going to go with Tom Brady as my president. Damn it. There goes one off my big board. All right. Not surprising to see. All right. Um, so for my pick, I'm also going to start off with the president. Um, and I think that this athlete is the greatest leader ever on and off the court. Um, he has been oh, crucial in 
and everything that happens with the teams around him, he is a key piece of all of it. He's a scorer, defender, a passer. The game would not be the same if it was without him. So for my president, I'm picking LeBron James. Not surprising. Maybe a little surprising that LeBron was not the number one pick. Is he slipping? Perhaps. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think uh, – I am not surprised that Padilla went with Brady. Um, that was a good early pick because that's one that's likely would have been taken soon. So smart to, smart to get him on the board quickly. Now, I also am going with President for my first pick in the first round here. So this athlete – is maybe the most dominant that we've seen over the last 20 years in terms of consistency, uh, demands respect whenever this person steps out onto the court of play. And of course, I'm talking about President Serena Williams. Oh, oh I like that one. That was actually, uh, that was my backup if LeBron was taken. That's a good one. Ooh, so I maybe took your vice? Uh, that was my backup for president. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Chrisenti, you've got uh, you've got another pick now with the snake draft. So back to you. So I'm I'm going through this and I've got and I got a, a fun one here. So I'm going with director of national intelligence. So this is a person that is in charge of all the spy agencies and all the back workings of how things work here. And I need someone who's going to be a great snitch, who's going to you know rat out all those people who were doing something wrong. And I need the best of the best who does this, Chris Paul. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so Chrisani picks Chris Paul as his director of national intelligence. And I'm actually, uh, I'm also going to go to my director of national intelligence next. Um, and I took this one a little differently than Chrisani. I, I think for this position, I wanted an athlete who is, first of all, I think you have to be extremely intelligent. This athlete is a genius. He is a former celebrity Jeopardy winner. Um, and you also kind of like you mentioned, you have to be a little sneaky. You have to be able to move things behind the scenes when you're working with, you know, the CIA, the FBI, things like that. So I'm going to go with the sneaky and smart Aaron Rodgers as my director of national intelligence. Interesting. Okay. All right. And so for me, I'm not going to go with my director of national intelligence just yet. I'm going to actually go with my number two, the vice president. And who is Tom Brady's number two? Obviously, we know that is Rob Gronkowski. Wow. So, Rob, really full, so you might have a full Patriots uh, cabinet here, Pidia. No, those are the only two. Okay. Ooh, so now we know Edelman's still available out there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, so oh oh you get two picks because you're you're the top. Oh, okay. Um so I'm actually just probably not gonna go down the list, but this next one's basically the next option is Secretary of State. So it's someone who kind of deals with the foreign foreign affairs, just stuff overseas kind of dealing with that i'm actually this one might shock you guys i'm actually going to go with enos Cantor with this one because of everything that he's dealt with with turkey and um they're basically their dictator and his dad being imprisoned and finally being released after seven years right yeah seven years and so i think he has spoken out and made his voice very very strong especially in turkey because he they say that Ennis' voice was kind of the reason why uh, his dad was finally released. And so I'm going with him for Secretary of State. I like it. All right. I'm going to go – for me now, I'm going to jump back up to my VP. And I, Vice President is one of those positions where I feel like you don't really have to do that much besides kind of put on a smile, don't say anything too controversial, um, you know, just be there to support the president. This is a person that if something happened – God forbid, to LeBron James. I do think I'd be comfortable with this person taking over my cabinet. But, you know, what they really have to do is go up on the stage, not say anything controversial. So who is better at, uh, you know, giving us non-answers, just feeding us quarterback talk 
than the oh. Seattle Seahawks' very own Russell Wilson, my vice president. That's a safe pick. That's a good one. Okay. All right, Chrisini, what do you got? So I'm going to go with, for my next one, let's see. All right, I'm going to go with my secretary of defense. I need someone tough, not going to take any bullshit. I need someone who's going to be able to rough some people up if they need to. Uh, you know, make some very big threats on the, nat- on the world stage if someone threatens uh, this uh, fake country that we're creating here. And maybe uh, President Serena Williams wouldn't pick this person, but I'm picking this person. Maybe the greatest fighter of all time, I think, but he would agree. Conor McGregor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think uh, your zero to 100 topia land is going to definitely find itself in war if you've got that guy as the the helm, but I like it. I didn't say he was going to last long, but yeah. And I, I think that's a good one because while we do have to have athletes that are active, there's no way Conor McGregor is staying retired. So true. Oh yeah. We'll, true. We'll oh, I slide. forgot. Yeah. He's re- yeah. But that, but yeah, that one definitely counts. He'll yeah. Be back. Okay. There's no doubt about <laughs> yeah. it. He'll be back. <laughs> All right. And so throw some more chairs through buses at some point. So. Yeah. All right. So on my next one, I've got this next going secretary of education. I need someone smart. I need someone with uh, some brains here. And I, and I had two that I was debating over, but I keep coming back to uh, uh, if we need a miracle to find uh, money in the department or get those uh, you know, grades up in the schools, I need some magic. I need some Fitz magic. Harvard's oh, own you Ryan gotta be Fitzpatrick. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Good pick. That was, my, that was top of my big board. 48 out of 50 on the Wonderlick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Um, For mine, I'm going to jump down to Secretary of Transportation. Um, So as you know, this person is in charge of all, you know, travel around our country. So I decided to pick someone who, um, who traveling is very important to them and what they do. And uh, you know, oh, this no. person, whenever they're on the court, they travel very frequently. So I am picking for my secretary of transportation, James Harden. Good pick. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go off for secretary of defense. Like Chrisenny said, you need someone who isn't going to take any bullshit got to make sure shit gets done and always ha- always has a response for something and that is going to be Richard Sherman nice hmm. although his most recent uh uh memory in on the field was uh, getting burned in the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> well he hasn't let it happen again <laughs> okay I like that. All right. I think, Padilla, you've got another one. Another one. <clears throat> All right. So let's see. So I'm going to actually go with Director of National Intelligence. I know you guys talked about this person needs to be smart, um, needs to kind of fly underneath the radar, kind of be sneaky. And I, to me, there's no other player that they have that saying, don't uh, read a book by its cover. Well, this book, you have no idea what it's even about. And I am going to go with Stephen Adams. Oh, okay. Why that? Why do you say? He's just so he's just so bizarre. You he shows up to games in camo, like a whole camo outfit. Ooh, see so when he's there. Yeah, so he's just you can't you can't read that man. He's just he's so odd. He's from New Zealand. He's massive. He's younger than all of us. He's he's insane. What was he your pick for again? Uh, director of national intelligence. Okay. Yeah. Stephen Adams, uh, Poseidon's brother, Bro Poseidon. <laughs> yeah, that guy's an enforcer. That's a good pick. Okay. 
All right. Um, for mine now, what I'm going to do is, let's see, I'm going to jump up to my secretary of state. So, you know, as we kind of mentioned earlier, you want someone here who has some international experience. Um, and while a lot of this job is, you know, having to deal with foreign, you know, countries in a, in a war type of way, it's also about dealing with them, um, you know, politically and, being able to talk things through and, and, and doing things to help other countries. So what I want with here is I want someone with international experience, but who's also able to give an assist to other nations. So for this one, I'm going with the best passing foreign big man in the NBA, the Joker, Nikola Jokic. Hmm. Hmm. You won't be doing much traveling with uh, coronavirus. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Recent, uh, recent, receiver of the coronavirus so he can thank his his tennis friends for that but i'm typing that in i don't even know how to spell his last name but okay i think we got it um hmm, okay interesting i thought you might go a different route but that's fine that's fine so i got two picks here um so i'm gonna add a little corruption into mine because you know naturally that's what happens with these cabinets. Not everyone stays clean. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, my sec attorney general, excuse me. Now, this is a person, this is the top cop in all of the land here. And, you know, well, given that our current attorney general in this country seems a little, um, let's say, corrupt, uh, I'm going to go on the same lines here. Of, I, I've got three players in, on my mind uh, I'm looking at right now. And I'm like, ah, each one of you uh, is, uh, I don't know how they haven't landed in jail, but they haven't. So I'm going to go with my attorney general and tax fraud evader, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> All right, right Christiani, I think, was that your second pick or do you have one more? I have one. This is, so this is my last pick. Or no, no, excuse me. I have two more picks, but... Um, so I'm going for Secretary of State. No, I no three more picks. I'm, uh, I'm not reading this right. <laughs> All right, so I'm going Secretary of State. Like you said, this is someone that deals with foreign uh, nations on a constant basis. Gotta you know be friendly, uh, inviting. I need someone that's beloved by everyone. Um, and so that's why I'm going with maybe the greatest athlete of all time. Some would say. Uh, certainly the greatest tennis player of all time, some would say, Roger Federer. Oh. I, 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 I challenge you to find someone that doesn't uh, like him. The only man who, uh, whose name is primarily Er. That's right. All right. Um, okay, so for my pick here, I think I'm going to jump over to my attorney general and, you know, kind of like Kristeni said, you want someone who is really working behind the scenes and who is an enforcer and, and is, who is really going to be the face of, you know, your cabinet's culture and who better uh, as a man to show culture and to be able to move things behind the scenes and to, to get the troops all in line as my attorney general, Jimmy Butler. Hmm. Jimmy Buckets. Okay. All right. All right. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and go with my attorney general as well. This person needs to be a leader, needs to have a really strong voice and needs to be heard. Um, and there's no other player that does this very well. And his name is actually Malcolm Jenkins from the Saints now, right? Mm, okay. A surprise pick. All right, Padilla, you got... You got two uh, more, I believe. Yeah, so you got one more here, and then you'll be the last one. Yeah. All right, so I'll go with my Secretary of Education. Um, with this one, obviously, they got to be smart. Um, they got to know the meaning behind education and what we actually want out of an education. And for me, I am going to go with Russell Westbrook, mainly because of his reading centers that he has been opening up all over Oklahoma City. 
And I believe he's starting to implement those in California as well. And he's very, very charitable. And he has a lot of reading rooms that really just help kids and want to basically acknowledge them to read some books and just kind of further themselves in a way. Mm, I like that. I, well, I wonder if Zach, I wonder if you kept another pick from Zach. There's someone I'm waiting to hear from. I wonder if Zach also had it on his big board in that position. I've had a couple taken off my big board. Um, yeah, it's uh but some of them not, some of them went in other places than I was wanting to put them. So I'm going to, for this one, I'm going to go to um, my secretary of defense. And for this one, you want someone who's strong an enforcer. Um, and, you know, for me, I had to pick with one of the, you know, one of those defenders who was able to shut down an incredible offense and was able to shut down an MVP. Um, someone near and dear to my heart, one of the best defenders in the NFL, Vaughn Miller. I saw that, I saw that one coming. Vaughn Miller. Okay. I had, uh, I, I had Richard Sherman was on my big board and that one got snagged away, but. Okay. I'm going to go secretary of transportation. No, it is my, yeah, my final two picks, correct? That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So. I'm going to go secretary of transportation. This is maybe the best race car driver in the world right now and very, very dominant. I need someone that's fast, knows what he's doing, knows the roads. Going Lewis Hamilton, the Great Britain. Ah. And so for my final pick here, it's the vice president. Some would say very important, one heartbeat away from the presidency. You know, you need an heir apparent, if you will. So we need someone that's groomed for the future, ready to take over that role as president someday. And I thought, well, who else? There's, there's only one choice that comes to mind here. That would be Zion Williamson. Oh, the heir apparent. I like the it. Heir. We are democracy and we don't have kings, Zach, at the top of our <laughs> presidency. My cabinet is led by kings. All right. That was your last pick, right? Yep. I'm done. Okay. So uh, I'm down to my last pick. This is my secretary of education. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm upset that Chrisenny got me on the Ryan Fitzpatrick one. I didn't think that many other people would snag that, but Fitzmagic is, uh, was on my big board. And then Richard Sherman was also next on my list for that. So I'm down to my, my third option, but I still feel really good about this one. Um, this is an athlete that I wanted to find a way into my, into my big board. So I'm actually kind of happy how this is working out. Uh, this athlete is a former Stanford grad. Uh, he majored in oh. economics. So he's an extremely uh, intelligent person. And, you know, I think also one thing that, that, that the secretary of education has to do is you, you got to be smart and you got you to gotta find a way to, to rework your image and to, to get back in the fold if something goes wrong in education. So who better uh, as a genius, as an intellect, and someone who's reworked their image than Tiger Woods, my secretary of education? Hmm. Not, my, not who I would pick for that position, but okay. Very smart guy. I thought you'd go with someone like a Jeremy Lin, another Harvard grad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't quite want to go into Lin's sanity. I, I think he, I guess he is technically still playing basketball overseas, but yeah, he's just in China. All right, Padilla, what's your last pick? Who's your VP? Uh, mine is my last right? pick is for, yep, Secretary of Transportation. Um, with this pick, uh, I probably should have had him be the Director of National Intelligence because you can't see him. But this man has probably the most expensive car collection out of all pro athletes. And I am going to go with John Cena. Oh, how did I not? Oh, that's amazing. Uh, that's how did I not one. see that? That's a really good one. All right. Damn. I didn't even think of wrestling. Okay. Okay. So who, what are some, are there any picks that you guys really wanted that you didn't get for a position? Um, I think Chris Paul was, I wanted him for attorney general. Yeah. 
he Chris Paul was my backup attorney general, but my my first one was actually Tom Brady because I wanted a, I wanted a guy who was willing to bend the rules and and cheat like Tom Brady does. Yeah, yeah I, I got my I got everyone that I wanted. However, looking at it physically right now, it looks like this could become very corrupt from within very quickly with a couple bad apples. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I could see some infighting happening in mine. Yeah, I'm a little worried about my director of national intelligence, Aaron Rodgers, possibly trying to to dethrone my king, LeBron James. Ooh, yeah, that's ooh, that could be dangerous there. Also, he might just request a trade. Yeah, he might he might try to get traded to uh, Crescenes or something like that. So, although two of your guys have coronavirus, Von Miller and Jokic. We're, we're, you know, we're about on par with the state of Florida for the percent of people infected. So <laughs> how are you going to run a country or a, uh, a sports country here with, uh, we'll do it with social distancing. We'll, uh, we'll do everything over zoom and we, we are the cabinet of the future. So we are, we're ready to roll. Hmm. So with, uh, let's see, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'd like to hear people's thoughts on who's is best out of our three. So if you're listening Go on our Twitter and we'll post the picture. We want to hear from you guys. Who do you think has the best cabinet? Yeah, so check us out on Twitter. Uh, the handle is 0 to 100. That's Z-E-R, the number 0, T, the number 0, and then the number is 100. So check us out. Let us know what you guys think about our, uh, about our picks. Maybe let's read through our full cabinets really quick for everyone. Yeah. Go ahead. Start us off, Padilla. All right, so at president, I got Tom Brady. Vice president, I got Rob Gronkowski. Secretary of State, I have Enos Cantor. Secretary of Defense, I have Richard Sherman. Attorney General, I have Malcolm Jenkins. Director of National Intelligence, I have Stephen Adams. Secretary of Education, Russell Westbrook. And Secretary of Transportation, John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) So great. All right. I have for my president, Serena Williams, Vice President, Zion Williamson, Secretary of State, Roger Federer, Secretary of Defense, Conor McGregor, Attorney General, Cristiano Ronaldo, Director of National Intelligence, Chris Paul, Secretary of Education, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Secretary of Transportation, Lewis Hamilton. All right, and for my cabinet, I've got President LeBron James, Vice President, Russell Wilson, Secretary of State, Nikola Jokic, Secretary of Defense, Vaughn Miller, Attorney General, Jimmy Buckets Butler, Director of National Intelligence, Aaron Rodgers, Secretary of Education, Tiger Woods, and Secretary of Transportation, James Harden. Okay, everyone. Well, thanks for uh, sticking around to figure out the answers of the fast food bracket challenge. Uh, We've really enjoyed going through this bracket the last couple weeks. Uh, Guys, are there any any um, you know restaurants in there that you were really sad to see go that you that you missed out on? I think we got it right. I mean, Chipotle I think was always going to make it to the finals. I guess it was a little surprising with In and Out making it all the way there compared to the competition. I know when the voting first started, it looked like Chipotle was going to run away with it. So I was like, oh, did we get this right? But I, I have my doubts about In and Out. Yeah, I was I was kind of the same. Um I felt I felt like in and out probably would have me personally should have fallen off before cuz I mean you hear a lot of people talk about how much they love in and out but you also got uh, more people that talk about how it's really not that great. And so I kind of figured it just like it would probably lose in one of the rounds before the finals but hey that's they got support. Yeah, they they do have a big following. I uh I would have loved to have seen um, Panda Express make it a little further. They were on the same side as as Chipotle, so it was kind of it felt like it was destined destined to fail. But um, that was one for me that I was kind of bummed got knocked as early as it did. But but overall, um, you know, the end of the bracket is here, and we let you, the listeners, decide and and make the votes for who is going to be the winner. So um, with capturing fifty seven percent of the votes. Our fast food bracket challenge winner is Chipotle, king of the fast food. Which, well, that's one that I'm happy about. I, I, that probably would have been my pick for number one also. 
So you're happy with Chipotle getting their one shining moment here? That's right. This was a, this was a great, uh, you know, we couldn't have March Madness this year, so this was probably just as good in a way. I think <laughs> what might be tougher, I mean, the, when we're going through these food places, we can eliminate a lot of them simply because we haven't heard of them, or we haven't been to them, or we just think they're nasty, Arby's. And so <laughs> I think if we go through and we do like a movie – or a TV show. Now that could get heated because people really will die on some hills for like Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So listeners, if you if you stumble across any other good um, brackets, send them to us on Twitter, and we'll uh, maybe we'll bring them on the show and go through them for you. All right, listeners, we've reached that time once again for our sports soapbox rants, featuring the things that grind our gears most in sports. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. Padilla, what grinds your gears? All right, so this has been kind of grinding my gears ever since um, basically the NBA season kind of got scrapped for that three-month hiatus. Um, I've been listening to some some of those talk shows been kind of listening to some of the some of the um, retired players kind of choosing who they kind of are predicting in the NBA finals and their winners and stuff like that um, and I feel like they are show they aren't showing Giannis and the Bucks enough respect they have been saying that they would like to see the Lakers. They're talking about the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals and possibly the Celtics in Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. Did Giannis die? Did the Bucks just completely vanish? Like, I'm really confused on why the Bucks aren't getting so much attention now, but throughout the season, they were the hottest team. They were the most talked about team because they have Giannis who's possibly going to win a back-to-back MVP this year and he's in he's in the talks again for defensive player of the year and he's even playing better than he was last year when he won MVP the man has been just going insane carrying that team and obviously um, he has his surrounding cast like Chris Middleton Brooke Lopez Eric Bledsoe the coach Budenholzer I mean, they got a solid squad, and I'm honestly just so confused on why Stephen A. or even Max Kellerman, all those guys are just talking about the Lakers and the Clippers, and then Raptors and Celtics, and sometimes the Bucks kind of come up in there, but it's just very disrespectful to not be talking about the team with the best record in the NBA with one of the best players in the NBA who happens to be only 25 years old. and he's like he's reaching his peak right now so imagine what he's going to look like in a couple more years when he's more of a vet and he has an understanding of how this game goes and how the playoffs run it's just it's really just bizarre to me that the bucks are not being talked about talked about enough all right Chriseni, what grinds your gears well as you guys know i live here in the state of florida which continuously breaks records for number of cases of coronavirus, positive tests or cases of coronavirus. And we still have idiots out there in this state and throughout the country that think, well, I don't really need to wear the mask. It's not important. Well, I had to tell you guys, but we're at this point where wear your masks. Just wear them. It's a small inconvenience. Yeah, it might not be the most comfortable thing in the world, but it's literally the only thing we have to fight this virus at this point. I don't like being stuck inside. So how about this? If we're not going to shut down the economy, the almighty economy, let's wear some masks. Let's require them. It's not taking away your civil liberties. And for anyone that says it does, all right, what liberties is it taking away? I'll wait. I'll wait for that. Find, go find your constitutional amendment of where it is. And for all you people that are saying, oh, it's going to kill me. It's going, it's going to kill us all, just like the 5G. Oh, they're coming for us. No, 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 no. Listen, if that were true, then when you go to the dentist or you get surgery, your doctors would be passing out left and right. 
So I don't want to hear that this CO2 builds up or you can't breathe or all this stuff that is just not true when you're wearing a mask. Wear it. It prevents the spread of this. I, I, I'm done with these people acting like this isn't a big deal. Last night on Instagram, I saw a story uh, where there were six people deep in an Uber crammed onto each other going out to party in Orlando with no masks. And I'm like, you are the problem. You are the problem. Let's be a little responsible here, guys. Let's look in the mirror. Let's say, hey, unless you want to be stuck inside for another six months, let's just take some small steps to beat this thing. All right. Well, what grinds my gears in sports this week is online lists, but not just any online list because I, like most sports fanatics, love a good list discussion. The list itself is not what I have the problem with, but what I do have the beef with is sometimes the formatting of these lists. Whose dumb idea was it to give me a top 50 list where each page only contains one number on the list, forcing me to click and click and click from page to page just to stumble my way one by one through web pages with a few sentences or two of the content I'm actually looking for, but pages that are littered with ridiculous advertisements for articles that I can't imagine any sensible person would click on. Do you want to get from the seventh best picture of all time to the sixth batch? Before you get there, go to the next page and here's an advertisement on the secret pill that Chris Hemsworth took to play Thor that's only legal in 12 countries. Well, maybe you want to know who the most clutch basketball players are. Find out he made the top five after we shove this know all the triggers of hemorrhoids ad in your face. Who's the best defensive tackle in the last, last 10 years? Before you find out, take this quiz to find out which one of the Teletubbies you're most likely to be compatible with. Isn't the entire purpose of having a web-based article to just actually be able to scroll down without the need of pages? And how horrible is it that if you want to go back to your original Google search, you now have to click through dozens of pages just to get back there. All I want is one page with the list. I'm not here to help your BuzzFeed graveyard articles that didn't make the cut get clicks. Just give me my list and I'll give you my clicks. Damn, man. Are you just yelling at BuzzFeed all day long on the computer? Just right there, yeah. I just imagine you like, come on, man. What's with this I can't stand these things. You got to keep clicking next and next and next to just give me the bullet points. Like Bleacher Report. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's and they're like top 100. So it's like, am I really going to click through 100 pages to get to the top 10s? It's ridiculous. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we will see you guys next week. See you guys later. Later. Peace.